2: Listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. So talking to a handful of cops
3: about the raid in Louisville in which Breonna Taylor was uh, shot and killed, uh, a a story that was brutally misreported by the media for a very long time, a lot of just utterly untrue narratives repeated over and over again, And, and still going on today, by the way. There's a Yahoo News, which is unforgivably biased and inaccurate, is out with a story that is just... It is the half-truth that is a lie. But a couple of things. Complicating the situation, the Breonna Taylor thing, was that there are multiple warrants being served simultaneously because it had to do with a drug gang selling all sorts of narcotic, narcotics, including fentanyl, and there had been hundreds of overdoses, and, and it was seen as a very urgent thing in Louisville. Um, and the situation was... They did not want to do the slower kind of search warrant you can do if, and and this is the way the law enforcement officer put it to me, if the evidence is too big to flush, you do what's called a surround and call out. You can't flush a gun. You can't flush a safe full of something or other. Or a person. Right. You surround the house. You call them out. You say, listen, we're coming in, but why don't you come out and talk to us? We have a warrant. That sort of thing. There are dynamic search warrants where you have to go in quickly because evidence could be destroyed. And this appears to be the sort that they were serving there um, because it was all about money and and records and that sort of thing. Um, It's incredibly unfortunate that that boyfriend, the new boyfriend, was there and he was armed and didn't know it was the cops, he says. Um, a couple of criticisms, with all due respect, from this law enforcement officer. Number one, were they in plain clothes? That's not good. Now, there's certainly a role for plain clothes officers, and you might have plain clothes lookouts to have your back as you're going in to do your stuff. But he said his agency, which is a large one, um, it is flamingly obvious who's a cop. So they if I look out the window
2: and I see somebody in khakis in a shirt. With a gun, yelling, "Open the door!" Well, I, I'm, I guess. Open I guess the door, I'll just hope it's the police. I guess I'll just hope it's the police.
3: Yeah, he said. Now he's got to believe they were wearing bulletproof vests and whatever, and something that identified them as police. But that's not been clear from the coverage. Mm. So he said that is something his agency would never do. And I brought him. I I said, you know, we've been in uh, housing developments or apartment complexes or whatever. The minute a cop is within a quarter mile, you hear whoop. Everybody lets everybody else know that the cops are coming. He said, yeah, that's just part of it, he said, but we we always clearly identify ourselves. Uh, ourselves. The other thing he said is that the one really out-of-bounds thing, and it violates every law of firearm safety, whether you're a cop or not, is firing blindly through walls and or doors. You just you don't do that, particularly in an apartment complex. That's just an egregious violation of, of training and, and protocol. So and that's, that's the- why the one guy's getting...
2: Prosecutor. The one guy that did get charged got charged with that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to, uh, you know, the only other thing I would throw in, and it's funny, this is the third uh, large uh, police department I've heard this from directly in the last month or so. Morale is terrible. Terrible. And they are losing officers by the dozens. Uh, some big city police departments are down 100, 150 officers, and there's a, uh, a, a particular equipment place that you go to get equipment or turn in equipment when you are resigning. And the officer I spoke to said every time he's in the equipment place, there's a guy standing there turning in his gear, which never used to be the truth. Uh, There's an article out of, uh, let's see, where is it? Um, Seattle. Yeah, the Seattle police chief is saying, the new chief is saying, all these protests and all this damage is draining our resources. The violence and law-breaking need to stop. Um, You know, that's one of those police departments with poor morale right now, too.
2: Did you see what they were doing in Seattle over the weekend? Smashing up the windows of uh, City Hall and the spray oh, yeah. painting and everything like yep. again. Yep. God, how many times have the windows been replaced in all these buildings?
3: Yeah, I know it, and it's incredibly expensive. And it's uh, they also had a feature, uh, another article I saw about all the businesses in Seattle that are done. It just we can't we can't be open. We can't continually restock after getting looted. Insurance isn't covering it. Our windows are five thousand dollars every time they get smashed. We can't do this anymore. We're out same San Francisco you know Portland oh my gosh Portland the business is uh, downtown Portland is losing
2: so where was that video from that i tweeted out last night that was the uh, guy who was protecting his business and the black lives matter crowd came along trying to make it was, oh, in yeah, Louisville, that was Louisville. trying yeah. to make him uh say something or i don't know what he, what they were trying to make him trying
3: talk. to make him spout the party line or else, the implication was things could get ugly. Man, that is, and a, he
2: wouldn't. That is a volatile situation. We
3: have that. We have some of that audio. You want to hear some of it? Um, go ahead with 40, 45. What's that? Forty-seven.
4: And you have to be able to defend your home and Stop your it! And Stop your-
3: it! Wrong clip. I'll thank you to stay out of our business, Anson. 45, <laughs> please. You
1: just said all lives matter. It's okay. You can say all lives
5: matter. You can stand there and bring them back blue lives matter. It's the color black that is the issue, the word black. And that's okay. you have an issue with that, I don't have an issue. Because I don't see color. I don't care about white or black bullshit. I see you you you
3: as a human being. Okay, I see you you. as a human being. That's all I care about. Turn that off. You see them as a human being. How how can you get a Marxist revolution going unless you have clear divisions between groups of people, sir? You don't understand. It's probably worth mentioning. He, I believe, is an immigrant of uh, Middle Eastern heritage.
2: He's from Jordan.
3: uh, Thank you. He is leaning up against the uh, window of his business with a rifle strapped around his uh, shoulder. Uh, his body language is incredibly casual and relaxed. He is a large man.
2: Yeah, well, he grew up in a part of the world where this is common. This has not been common in my life in the United States, and I hope it doesn't become common, but in lots of the world, it's not an uncommon thing that the state, the government, loses control of the streets. Mm -hmm. So if you have a business, you need to stand out in front of it with a gun to keep people from taking your stuff. Because that's the only thing you can do. That's the way it works in a lot of countries. Yeah. And apparently here now. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
3: Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of
0: Armstrong and Getty.
2: What's fire.org, Joe? The
3: fire.org. Foundation for Individual Rights in Education. I love them, love them, love them. Go to fire.org.
2: I got an article out today about a particular professor. They've got this headline, teaching history not permitted. St. John's bulldozes academic freedom, punishes professor. St. John's? Why, that's one of America's elite universities. I'll just read the article. Do the positives outweigh the negatives? It's a standard question to ask of history students about a range of topics to encourage critical thinking. But when St. John's University adjunct professor Richard Taylor posed this question to students during a class about the Columbian Exchange, which was the process of globalization that began in the 15th century, he was accused of racism, the one thing you cannot do, removed from his classroom, investigated and found guilty of, quote, Bias, discrimination, and harassment. The big three. Oh, my God. All without seeing the evidence against him and without any opportunity to appeal. There's some good... Oh, um, my God. There's some good, what do you call it, uh, due process? Seriously, we must put the paddles
3: to Orwell, revive him... Well, there's no point. He, he wrote about all of this. He already made it clear so, what would happen.
2: So FIRE, that's the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, wrote to St. John's demanding it immediately rescind its investigation, drop the charges, and cease any further action. Um, hist- uh, quoting FIRE in their letter, History is a discipline. It is particularly concerned with complicating facile narratives and uncovering uncomfortable truths. Humans and their institutions are twisted and complicated, and academics have a duty to complicate our understanding of both. But at St. John's, it appears some inquiries are forbidden. We'll tell you what exactly happened here. I would have loved this class. I would have loved this discussion. Oh, I know it. On September 7th, Professor Taylor taught the Columbian Exchange to to his Emergence of a Global Society class. As it has in earlier years, Taylor's... So that's
3: his, the very, like, name of the course. But go on. Yeah.
2: As it has in earlier years, Taylor's instruction focused on early global trade, including trade in silver and potatoes. Ah, the old potato trade. Mm. Fascinating stuff on a hot afternoon in your classroom.
3: I have money, you have potatoes, let's trade. I'll
2: (laughs) give you a potato for some of that silver, seems like a great deal. (laughs) Oh yeah, clearly. (laughs) As part of the class, he also covered the more pernicious aspects of early trade, such as slavery, the abuse of indigenous populations, and the spreading of disease. On his final slide was a discussion prompt. Do the positives outweigh the negatives? A lively discussion ensued. The, that would be the idea of, um, you know, uh, all these economies got richer. These places around the world got, you know, better better health outcomes. Sure. You know, better living standards, all these different things. Better nutrition, shelter, health care, etc. it spread around disease and slavery. Right. Let's discuss. Do the positives outweigh the negatives? What a great conversation. That's to have. why you're at a university. One student said slavery could never be justified. According to Taylor, he clarified that no one is justifying slavery and asked students cons- to consider global trade as a whole, including lives lost to disease and lives saved from famine. Three days later, the Instagram account SR Judicals posted slides stating that Taylor forced students to formulate a pros and cons list concerning the topic of slavery and alleged he poses a dangerous threat to the education of our student body. The final item urged readers to direct a form letter to the university in order to, quote, bring meaningful justice to this heinous crime committed by Professor Taylor. Wow, we are in the era of witch hunts. This is the cultural revolution at its beginnings in China. Yes, in it the, is. In the 60s.
3: Oh, my God, it, it isn't even trying, like, to cover its tracks.
2: The Post also mentions Taylor's service in the Marine Corps and the New York Police Department. Which, of course, are bad things in the modern world. The fact that he was a Marine and was a policeman, not a good thing. It makes me feel unsafe. It makes him obviously a bad person. Yes. Later that day, History Department Chair, unpronounceable, informed Taylor by phone that he was removed from teaching. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, that's how fast
3: it it happened in a couple of days. Yeah, we're absolutely past Amusementville and fast on the highway to you ought to be really concerned, city.
2: Oh, heck yeah. That happened in a couple of days. That yeah. really thought provoking completely justifiable conversation in a class to him being pulled out of the classroom happened in a couple of days. You know, if it hasn't clicked in your head, the reason you indulge in that sort of analysis is you try
3: to figure out, all right, why did the civilization make those choices? Why did they do what they did? Why didn't they do this? That's what studying history is. And uh, this gent, by the way, if you're not as up on this sort of stuff as we are, he is example 375 of this sort of witch hunt just in the last year or so.
2: On September 15th, Professor Taylor met with the Director of Equal Opportunity and Compliance who informed Taylor there were over three... Wow,
3: what an Orwellian title that is. Yeah. Sorry, go on.
2: There were over 300 complaints of misconduct against him. Taylor found this surprising as there were only 30 students in his class where the alleged misconduct occurred. No kidding. He was informed that St. John's intended to treat each of the identical... Um, S.J. Radical's form letters as a standalone complaint and that St. John's could find him in violation of campus policy without identifying which portion of the policy he violated or what specific conduct violated the policy. He's a counter-revolutionary. If Chairman Mao says
3: you're a counter-revolutionary, you don't get to ask in what way, what statute, what rule did I break? Are you kidding? No, the crowd drags you out in the street and they beat
2: you. A couple of weeks later, he was uh, informed that he had violated the university's policy against bias, discrimination, and harassment by teaching his class and noted, quote, the investigation's findings is final and non-appealable. Wow. They did not identify, never did, at at which part of the policy he had violated or what specifically he had done to violate the policy. Uh, They didn't feel like they had to tell him that,
3: and uh, he's out. He angered the little snowflakes. Boy, that is something. That makes you want to take up arms. Tell you what. I'm not saying you ought to shoot anybody, obviously. but
2: It's freaking frightening.
3: Yes, it is. And
2: if that guy can actually lose his job over that, then as a professor, if you're going to try to keep your job, you don't want to tiptoe very close to that line of that sort of conversation. So I guess we just won't ever have any discussions like that?
3: No, you do not ask any probing questions. You do not ask any troubling questions. You know, uh, questions or teach anything about, you don't like this, but this is why it happened. You don't explain, you know, the southern economy, why they were concerned about the end of slavery. You just don't even, because it sounds like a defense. This is terrifying on an intellectual level. Oh, I would say so. It's it's. I can't even wrap my head around it. I know. It's amazing it's happening.
2: The the thing that Tim Sandifer was uh, tweeting, I retweeted it, about English departments across the country. Oh, yeah. That I talked about a couple of weeks ago. That English departments now, almost universally, and at all your major universities, what you do in an English department as you look at a piece of literature and then talk about what's wrong with it. Why it's bad. That's the whole thing now. Right. If you get into English lit, it's not about really just oh my god how mind-blowing is all this stuff no it's about tearing it apart Mm -hmm. that's apparently why you're in getting an english
3: major right the greatest works of literature in the english language are now objects of ridicule ridicule and and they're there to be called racist and
2: and awful let's talk about how poorly they treated women in shakespearean england Mm. you know that sort of thing right right it's it's wild and it happens so fast. Yeah. And as yeah. I keep saying, if it can happen this fast, if we can go from where we were five years ago to now, where, where might we be five years from now? Maybe like actual China Cultural Revolution, where instead of losing your job, the students actually drag you out of the classroom and beat you in the street, and everybody thinks it's perfectly justified.
3: Uh, I could absolutely see that. You already have irrational students screaming and taking over classrooms and... And making instruction impossible, it's a very, very small leap to a punch to the face and then a bunch of kicks while the guy lays prone on the ground.
2: Why are it's you beating small... that guy in the street? He was justifying slavery. No, I wasn't. I was discussing the upsides and downsides to globalization. Whack, whack, whack. Yeah. yeah.
3: that's It's so crazy. Enjoy your beating. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that is incredibly troubling. Uh, I wonder... What is going to happen to blunt it, to slow it, to turn it around?
2: Well, I'll tell you this. James Lindsay, who's fighting this as hard as anybody in America. he may a, kill him. A professor in Portland. I'm he,
3: afraid he'll die of stress. But anyway.
2: He stays out of politics best he can. But when he was asked about this, he said, I don't see any breaks on any of this at all. But I'm afraid that Biden winning the Democrats taking control might be a gas pedal.
3: Especially if they have both houses in the White House. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's freaking frightening, man. Yeah, it is. And he's a, not a Trump guy. He hates Trump. Yeah. But, um, you know, at least Trump did away with critical race training and theory and all that sort of stuff and brought it up. There, there's going to be none of that if the Dems take everything.
0: Armstrong and Getty.
2: You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: The following is a high five moment from HighFiveCasino.com.
1: I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarts, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone, goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five, High, High five. five Casino. Casino. Win at High Five Casino! Datum. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. When you have health insurance,
3: it's easy to think, hey, I'm covered, no worries. Not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance.
2: And that can be a lot of money for your family, but how do you know you're not being overbilled? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors.
3: So unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate?
2: HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance.
3: When your medical claim comes in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling wrong codes and fraud.
2: HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back
3: from select past bills.
2: To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130
3: million. Bottom line, insurance isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com do
4: it before you see another health care provider healthlock.com healthlock.com
1: Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of
2: Armstrong and Getty. I came across this in the Wall Street Journal. This is getting a fair amount of attention, but this is the editorial board's version of how Benjamin Franklin has become a person of concern. Washington, D.C. also proposes to cancel Washington and Jefferson. Uh, Benjamin Franklin's famous quote, a republic, if you can keep it. Uh, did he actually say it or is it apocryphal? It doesn't make any difference. It might as well be true. Uh, but but the idea was, um, can people govern themselves or will it go the way of a self-governance that always has, where you just break into factions and you, it all falls apart and it gets ruined? <laughs> right. Well, the Wall Street Journal is so, sort of making the point that maybe, maybe that is the direction we're going. Um, because Benjamin Franklin said it, and he no longer is going to be a founding era uh, person that you're going to be able to see in Washington, D.C. If this new panel in Washington, D.C. gets it w- its way, they've identified Benjamin Franklin, among other founders, as persons of concern and recommended their names be removed from D.C. property. This
3: is straight out of Soviet Russia. I mean, it's they didn't even change the words. I mean, it is straight out of the Politburo.
2: The astonishing proposals come from a Washington, D.C. government committee formed by Mayor Muriel Bowser to re-examine the names of schools, statues, and parks in the wake of protests. This
3: chick doesn't get enough attention for being awful.
2: The committee submitted its report Monday, and Ms. Bowser um, uh, passed it along to the next step of of it happening. The committee says it hunted for historical figures with key disqualifying histories, including participation in slavery, systemic racism, mistreatment of or actions that suppressed equality for persons of color, women and LGBTQ communities. So uh, Franklin was tough on the transgenders, huh? Yeah, sure. Right. So the founding fathers weren't open minded enough about uh, gay by trans uh, rights. Yeah, I'm sure they weren't.
3: And neither would you have been if you lived then, you lying liar.
2: And there was hardly anybody else in the world. I mean, like, talking 99% here. Oh, at least. At least. And I'm, you know, being charitable. I mean, if you're going to include that in there, you, you're you not going to be able to have anybody's name on anything that, that existed prior to, like, 2010. I mean, like, oh, nobody. I mean, Barack Obama Barack ran out. He ran on marriages between a man and a woman. Yep.
3: Hillary Clinton, out, canceled, canceled. Come on, Michael, what are we paying you for in there? What are you doing? You flipping through a comic book? uh, Canceled.
2: If your your life and attitudes uh, weren't on the right side of slavery, systemic racism, mistreatment over actions that suppressed equality for persons of color, women, and LGBTQ communities, you have violated the D.C. Human Rights Act.
3: I hate to sound like the racist, anti-racist lunatics, but you're either with these people or you have to come off the sidelines and fight this stuff, folks. In your schools, in your town, at your city council, you have to be willing to stand up.
2: You compared it to Soviet uh, Russia. I still think it's uh, reminds me more of the French Revolution since I've been doing a lot about reading about that, particularly this part. The bureaucrats worked with uncharacteristic dispatch, taking six weeks to render the judgment of history on 1330 properties named for people. That's what's so French Revolution style is. It's just the fever. It's just the, the excitement in the air. People are in the park, people in the streets. We're going to do something big and we're going to do it right now. Yeah. Without calming down for a second. Right. And it's moving so fast and everybody's got such a head of steam that nobody's got the guts to stop them. As I've been saying over and over, uh, people who study this sort of thing think it only takes like 15 percent of worked up revolutionaries to get a revolution going. Mm -hmm. You got a whole bunch of other people who are scared, who kind of agree, but think you're going too far. You got a bunch of people who don't agree, but are afraid they're going to get run over and lose their jobs or their heads if they get in the way. Right. And it it doesn't take that many people to to uh, do a lot of damage. The committee wants the Franklin School Historic Landmark renamed and recommends that D.C. petition the federal government to remove, relocate, and contextualize a federally owned Franklin statue. Actually, this article starts with a big picture picture of Benjamin Franklin that's up in the halls of the Senate, right, where everybody walks into the chamber. Right, yeah. It recommend, It offers the same recommendation for the federal Washington Monument. Yeah, the big one, the big white one. We need one. to
3: contextualize that,
2: yes, yes. Some other school names the committee wants scrubbed. Thomas Jefferson, author of the Declaration of Independence. The, uh, Francis Scott Key, author of the Star-Spangled Banner. Alexander Graham Bell, inventor of the telephone. James Monroe, who negotiated the Louisiana Purchase and was our fifth president. Um,
3: well, if you're going to include that whole nut job list of they were not kind of LGBTQ yeah. people you like got to get rid of Madison, then, and, and well, Adams. Like and, I said,
2: probably everybody who's thinking is prior to 2010.
3: Right. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Except for a tiny cabal of activists, and you can probably find something they said that isn't uh, up to the current politically correct lingo and cancel them as well.
2: I'm sure you Couchy. could. That's right. I'm sure you could find something with the, 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 the Kennedys, Bobby or, or John, saying something unkind about... Oh, 100%. You know, trans or gay marriage or something like that. I'm sure you well, could.
3: Well, how about during the civil rights era, the stuff that uh, the Kennedys said about uh, various civil rights leaders? I mean, by today's standards, it's utterly unacceptable. So they're they're canceled too. You might be able to keep, I don't know, like Millard Fillmore around, or there might be I some doubt it. Only oh, if the... no, no, it's impossible. Every si- well, and listen, I, I I realize this starts to sound um like uh, in the weeds, paranoid, but. Erasing history is one of the key aspects of imposing Marxism. There is no history but the present, and the party is the present.
2: It's, it's part of how they do it. The editorial board in the, in the Wall Street Journal ends with this. Um, is Biden going to be uh, asked by anybody to comment on this, and will he stand up for the people who created this country? I don't know. I don't know how he'd answer that question. He's trying to avoid having to answer any of these questions, but yeah. he is the standard bearer for the left currently, and right. Yeah, it's
3: a little frustrating. Although, whether it's the situation in Oregon where the sheriff's departments are saying, "No, we're not going to help you out, Portland," until you start prosecuting people, or you know, there are a number of developments that give me a little bit of hope. There's a piece that getting a fair amount of attention. Was it originally in the uh, Atlantic, or I'm not sure. Yeah, the Atlantic. John McWhorter wrote it. Um. Academics are really, really worried about their freedom, is the headline.
2: So, Lefty academics.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the the trends that we've been saying are going to lead to real ugliness and we need to oppose them. They've gotten ugly and crazy enough that even that group of people, Jack, you were describing, who are kind of sympathetic, would think those people are a little nuts. um, They're starting to stand up.
2: So we were talking. About, I don't
3: know if the, the sane will win the day, but at least they're starting to stand up.
2: We were talking about James Lindsay last hour. And if you're not into his act, man, you got to get into it and learn. all. He is he is the best in America. He is. There need to be statues to him someday if he's able to turn this around. He is working tirelessly as he considers himself the number one expert on wokeism in America. And I'm sure he is. And he's writing books and doing videos and speaking anywhere he's allowed to speak and explaining all this to people. But anyway, his plan is, and I think this is a great idea, you have to get people on the record of what is too far. And you have to do it right now because we're screaming these directions so fast. If you get Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden, somebody on the record saying, no, the Washington Monument would be too far. Yes. Then when this happens, you you know, it's, it's not going <laughs> to... Because incrementally, we keep going farther, and then by the time it gets there, the politicians don't have the courage to stand up to it.
3: Right. Yeah, it would be good to get people on the record for that sort of thing, and there are all sorts of you know areas you could, you a- could ask them ask about. Ask all
2: people of power, what's too far? Where's your line? I remember the march through a neighborhood
3: in Seattle where the uh, the BLM lunatics were screaming at people, give up your house, give your house to a black person. Get the uh, politicians on the record. Do you think white people should be forcibly evicted from their homes for the sin of being white? Well, it might be a rather long list of things. We'll have to have them uh, you know, go on the record, but I like the idea. I'm looking forward to reading that book. We're going to do a podcast review of it. Uh, Jack and I and uh, Craig Gottwalls and Tim Sandifer at some point. I need a deadline. I, we have to figure out when we're going to do the podcast. I work
2: better with deadlines myself.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I'm just, uh, I'm in a particular uh, period of self-pity and lethargy right
2: now. So really? I really need, self-pity yeah. and lethargy? Yeah. Well, you get those together, that's a good stew of not getting stuff done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. But um, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been there where it's, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to do hardly anything, really. Yeah, yeah. I
3: wouldn't call it like clinical depression or anything. It's just. I keep this stuff keeps breaking and I can't do any of my hobbies. And so I'm trying, I got to find something new to do and I don't know what. Maybe your soul being crushed yet. It's a bit of a soul crushing thing, but I don't have problems compared to people with real problems. So again, I'm trying not to whine too much, but it's, it's frustrating.
2: Juggling. Have you taken up juggling?
3: I I have tried juggling. I am uniquely terrible at it. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't seem to be good at it, but uh, I'd like to get back to fly fishing. I haven't fished in a long time. That's a good one. It is a good one. So much gear, though, and uh, water. I don't know. <laughs> and the know, fish. And the fish, just slimy I don't, <laughs> I don't know.
2: Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com
3: When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, hey, I'm covered, no worries. Not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance.
2: And that can be a lot of money for your family, but how do you know you're not being overbilled? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. So
3: unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate?
2: HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your
3: medical claim comes in, HealthLock technology reviews the claims for errors like overbilling wrong codes and fraud.
2: HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what
3: you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills.
2: To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million.
3: Bottom line, insurance isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com do it before you see another health care provider. HealthLock.com. HealthLock.com.
0: Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty.
2: You're about to hear a really long clip, which is longer than you probably ought to play on the radio, but it's so damn good. Why? It's fine. Um, It's a Minneapolis area principal of a public school. She got together with dozens of her fellow principals this past week. At the corner of Dowling and Fremont Avenues in Minneapolis to pay tribute to a 17-year-old who had been shot and killed Monday afternoon. The death marked the 59th homicide in Minneapolis this year. Oh. Part of the whole city council getting rid of the police thing. And uh, the pandemic in the schools, all that stuff fits into this, this, this rant that has been seen by millions of people and i thought maybe if you haven't heard it you'd like to hear it because i know it scratched me where i itch and i kept thinking how come no politician can say exactly what this principal is saying but anyway here it is
5: you know why we're here is because we lost a student last night we lost a minneapolis public school student last night who attended patrick henry high school he was not two weeks into his senior year when he was shot and killed right here in this space And I know for me, I am so absolutely 100% over it. For those of you that do not know what is happening in the city of Minneapolis, let me help you understand. So we literally are in a city right now that is completely and entirely out of control. I just, I have to absolutely just say it the way I feel it Um, It feels out of control. It feels like when I walk into a classroom where the teacher has given up. And all of you guys know the way that classroom feels, right? You know that you'll get that teacher where maybe those one or two naughty kids that won't listen, the teacher just says, fine. They just shrug their shoulders and they sit down behind their desk and they put their feet up and they say, I'll collect this check, do what you need to do. And the whole class goes rogue. That's how it feels to me right now. That's how the city of Minneapolis feels to me right now. None, Nothing is making any sense. Everything feels topsy-turvy. I understand completely that I am speaking, not just as myself, but as the North Community High School principal. And guess what? I am speaking as the North Community High School principal. I have kids that so badly and so deeply want to be in school. They want to play their sports. They want to get in the weight room. They wanna work out and because of COVID, guess what? They can't do anything. We're kicking them out of the school. We're kicking them out of the weight room. They can't practice, they can't work out. All of these things because of COVID, but just down the street, they see people doing whatever they want. They see tents up, they see hundreds of people, just not social distancing and their law enforcement drives right past it. We're seeing out in the open, whole parking lots that are being taken over whole whole blocks that are being taken over. People who have, who have substance abuse problems, chemical dependency issues, um, all of these other things, and they are just allowed to be however they wanna be, but my kids can't work out. It doesn't make any sense, and the kids know it doesn't make any sense. This absolutely, we have, we have an opportunity in Minneapolis to try something different, to do something new. And that's to say that we are not going to be held hostage by the voices of a few. You overhear law enforcement in our city right now and they feel like, well, well, the city council doesn't want us or, or well, you know, the people don't want us. Which people? Who? Which people is it? Show me where they're at, okay? So are you talking about the few? Some of them that don't even live here? Are you talking about the people that that don't have to worry about their children coming to a store like this? That live in a different part of the city? Is that who you're talking about? Because the people who I'm around, need and want good law enforcement. The people who are in my community need and want good law enforcement and, and 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 have the maturity to be able to say that we need good law enforcement to need and want us. What I'm seeing in my community is that there's not even patrolling anymore. I, I can see outright laws getting broken, traffic laws, people driving right through red lights, speeding, going 60, 70 miles an hour. Uh, my, uh, we got kids on skateboards that are getting hit by cars and nothing no what is law enforcement it's enforcing the law there is no law enforcement there is a reaction so we're out here so you've got about 50 to 60 minneapolis public school principals that are out here and 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 will hold space
3: coming to a city near you that is an amazing test case of the idiotic radical notion that the cops are the problem. Sometimes the cops are a problem, but the cops are the problem. And if we just don't have the police, there won't be crime. There won't be violence. There won't be kids being hit on skateboards. There won't be uh, traffic laws being broken willy-nilly because... Because most people are like us here in White Bread Heights with our social degrees, and they'll be fine. No, what will inner cities look like without the police? It'll look like the suburbs. There are no predators on the streets. There are no people who only follow the law because they're afraid of the repercussions
2: if they don't. Now, the part of that that really... Res-
3: Civilization is effortless.
2: The part of that that really resonated with my son, because it doesn't make... Well, it doesn't make sense. As an adult, you get used to things not making sense at work <laughs> mm. in government all the time and you you quickly get past it but when you're a kid it my observation is you know when you start running up a thing against things that don't make sense it really rattles your brain and the whole we can't go to school we can't be together and play sports but there's all those homeless people over there or all those people riding over there that young people are having trouble wrapping their heads around that I, there's something's not you know and it, it breaks down the it makes them cynical Yes, it, it breaks down their belief that adults have any idea what they're doing. What do you mean we can't be in the classroom? Look at all those people over there. They're doing whatever the hell they want. No, nobody stops them from doing anything.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Very maddening. Yeah, boy, the metaphor of the, the classroom where the teacher has given yeah. up is, is an apt one. And, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around. the The folks who are so naive or gullible or full of guilt of some sort or another who have fallen for... The radicals exploiting any sort of racial tension there is in an effort to tear down the system and, and replace it with a Marxist system. People aren't hip to that. I still hear on uh, NPR them saying uh, this uh, an anti-fascist organization known as Antifa as if they're actually anti-fascist. I hear them saying uh, that the the riots, the assaults on cops, the burning down of court buildings are... Uh, are uh, protests in favor of racial justice. You don't get that the wolf has donned sheep's clothing and is uh, saying precisely what it knows you will fall for.
2: Well, I don't know much about that particular Minneapolis area principal, but she is a black woman in education in Minneapolis. I doubt she's a conservative. I doubt she's a right winger. I doubt she's a Trump supporter. No, she's just a woman who observes what's real. And we need so much more
3: of that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So much less ideology
2: and so much more reality. Kids can't play sports, can't be in the weight rooms. They look over there, there's a big crowd of people drinking beer, smoking pot, <laughs> Jay, you know, just walking across the street in front of traffic, doing, doing whatever any, they want anytime. But I can't go to school. I can't play football. I can't do whatever. Well, and she hinted at
3: this. She didn't make it explicit, but we all know it to be true. If the kids aren't in school, they're not playing sports. They're not working out. They're not at practice. They're not at uh, Boy Scouts or, or whatever organization they're part of, they're not uh, down at the community center playing basketball. The streets will find something for them to do. That's what's so incredibly frustrating about the whole COVID lockdown discussion is it, it, people act as if there are no repercussions to what's being done.
2: I'm with Van Morrison and the lockdowns. Here, here, Van the man. Yeah, his new album out. About ending lockdowns Among other things Yeah Uh, Anyway I thought that was really good Uh,
3: I tell you what It's frustrating But you just You you gotta keep fighting You gotta keep making your voice heard What, What alternative do we have? Give in to the Marxists?
4: I'm not gonna
2: You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show Armstrong
0: and Getty The hottest games, right from Vegas, and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com.
1: High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at High HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at kama.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.